You're listening to the Common Descent Podcast. And welcome to Spookulative Evolution. Hello, David. Hello. <laughs> and hello, listeners. We have a tradition now. I like this tradition. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Spook E, our Halloween October series of how monsters might evolve. We today are going to be discussing werewolves. Yeah. So this series is focusing on how might creatures of our stories, of our fantasy, of our movies evolve naturally. How could something similar to them evolve or how could we get features that we are used to seeing in these classic monsters come about biologically in a natural way? Yeah, speculative evolution, as we've discussed before, is this fun, critical thinking, using your imagination to fit fictional creatures into a biological reality. It's a brain exercise, which is what we'll be doing just for fun. None of this is absolute, but it is sure a lot of fun. We enjoy it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) As per usual with these episodes, we're going to start with a bit of history about our monster and then go into how something similar to or the features of a werewolf might be able to evolve. So jumping in, werewolves in history are actually all over the place. This is going to be a common trend in most of our monsters. Like many stories and many concepts, they don't often have one origin. This isn't always true, but usually they're an idea that has been in human culture for a long time, and then someone comes down and writes it down or makes it famous or so on and so forth. Yeah, especially since this month we're doing very classic monsters. Yeah, these are, these are core parts of human civilization in our stories. We've been talking about these for literally centuries. Werewolves are interesting because they didn't take on the features that we think of as werewolves until way later on, but humans turning into wolves, that's all over human history, the stories that we've been telling. People turning into wolves are, it's in almost every culture, and some of them are very old. There's actually a Greek myth that many point to as one of the origins of this idea. And I don't know if his name in, is part of why lycanthropy uh, got its name, but it's the legend of Lycaon. Oh, oh, absolutely. I would. I, I couldn't I, find any etymological things saying that's why, because lycanthrope actually has its own terms that it's from, but I don't know if the pronunciation. Well, that's also Lycaon is the genus of the African wild dog. Yeah, it's. This so story, it's got a, yes. a wolf for dog-like connotation Absolutely, in, in it does. either Latin or Greek. So in this myth, Lycaon was the king of Arcadia. And at some point, as people in myths are wont to do, decided to test Zeus's, the king of the gods, omniscience to see if Zeus truly was all-knowing. And did it in the weirdest way possible because... Greek myths are... Because Greeks. Greek, Greek myths. <laughs> so he served Zeus a meal, and part of that meal was the roasted flesh of one of his own sons, Nictimus, or Nictimus. 
Zeus figured it out because he's Zeus and resurrected Nictimus and cursed Lycaon and the rest of his sons by turning them into wolves. I guess people turning into animals is a pretty recurring theme. Absolutely. In a lot of myths. I mean, Zeus does it all the time. And sure does. So people turning into animals, just like we were saying with the mermaids in that episode, human-animal hybrids is pretty normal. There's mm -hmm. all sorts of kinds. People turning into animals is normal. People turning to wolves, though, is shows up surprisingly regularly. And there's there's actually some through lines that are very similar in how they do this. Uh, one of the ones that I found was very interesting in many of them, it's either a curse where the person is cursed to be a wolf, usually temporarily, uh, not always, but usually, or it is a person who willingly can do it. And in a lot of them, it's by putting on a wolf's pelt or the belt made out of a wolf or something like that. Either sometimes having to take off their normal clothes and replace them with the skin of the wolf. And then they can just turn into a wolf. And so there's a whole bunch of stories like that. It got to such a point in human history that in the 16th century, especially in France, that werewolves were something people were actively afraid of. Not just popular story creatures, but they were actually concerned and many murders were blamed on werewolves. Wow. So they were like proper cryptids. Popu they were true cryptids to the point that they had werewolf hunts wow they, very much like the witch trials they had werewolf trials where people would be accused of lycanthropy of being a werewolf and be put to trial and many quote-unquote convicted werewolves were put to death wow so like it it reached a fever pitch during a time in our history where much like witches during uh, it's actually a very similar time in history uh, witch trials and werewolf trials kind of ran parallel to each other. There was times where people were not just talking about them, but saying, no, my neighbor absolutely turned into a wolf. <laughs> you I, know, people, Fred down the street? Yeah. he's No, he was with my dog. Uh, <laughs> people saying, eyewitness statements of, no, we saw him turn into a wolf. Absolutely. Hand on the Bible. You know, That's really crazy. So werewolves have a, a very visceral part of our history. And this one actually makes sense because there are clinical cases for why we would connect people with being wolves. There's two main ones. One is clinical lycanthropy. Clinical lycanthropy is a rare psychiatric condition where the victim, the patient, shows signs or beliefs of either being able to turn into, having turned into, or being a non-human animal. Huh. They may have memories. They may have uh, descriptions of these transformations. They may show behaviors of these things. For whatever reason, a person has a psychological break of some sort that causes them to believe that they have been, are, or were, or can be an animal. Interesting. So this is a thing that absolutely can come up in psychiatric care so there's a connection there this is furthered by hypertrichinosis which is the also aptly named werewolf syndrome this is where hypertrichinosis is a state that can happen in people it can be genetic and can also happen due to 
uh, effects of the person in life where they grow excess hair. It can be mild amounts, but this is your famous. Most people have seen a picture of someone, you know, on the news. There are people today that still have this uh, where their face just covered in hair. Yeah, yeah. Basically, your body, which typically says you grow your hair on the top of the head and on your arms and on your armpits. And if you're a, a dude, usually on your face, that gets messed up to where your body is growing hair and excess, very much like on the top of your head or on your arms, but in different spots. Yeah, yeah. So every last interview is covered with hair. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, no one has hypertrichinosis like Gaston. <laughs> but in some cases, it can be really thick. So there are people who are, if you've ever seen the classic movie The Wolfman, look literally like that, with a face just full of fur. So being hairy and having animal-like beliefs or tendencies are are things that can happen, are are actual conditions. Absolutely. So these are real-world things that can happen to people. So it's not too much of a stretch for people to demonize these things, turn them into monsters. Uh, Many people with hypertrichinosis in the past have been sideshow performers in circuses and in in quote-unquote freak shows. So... It, it has a historical precedent. Now, the other part of werewolves that is a little more recent is the idea that there's the curse transmitted by the wolf. Right. So. That you get bit and now you are the yeah. werewolf as well. In some of them, it's a bite or a scratch. In other, it is, like I said, a curse or the belt. And nowadays, you typically hear about if bitten by a werewolf, you too will turn Typically on the next full moon. Yes. So that's kind of the format that we deal with today. There's still lots of different versions. There's lots of rules as to how to cure it. Some say you have to kill the werewolf that bit you. Some say that there's lots of them that were, you had to be knocked out by the, you know, a, a silver club or by the edge of a silver knife. You had to, you know, be exercise, you know, you had to get an exorcism. Uh, Mm -hmm. that's actually a very, that was a very common quote unquote treatment for, uh, lycanthropy back in the day. So there's lots of ways to cure it, but that's the idea of the curse. And And there's also the the notion that some people can control it. And sometimes it's something that like the classic is at the full moon, whether you want to or not, you will be transforming. And when you do, you are bloodthirsty you are voracious you are the monster anything that comes across your path this also has had a connection to satanic and demon most monsters in the past have because for many religious groups the the best way to make it scary is to connect it to those things you know that is the scariest option and if you believe it to be true, then the most logical explanation if you are for example a god-fearing person is that this is, you know, devil yeah. work or that, something yeah. like that. Evil things happen because of the devil. So most monsters that today are just monsters had satanic connections. So there are lots of versions of werewolves where when you were bitten, you got the sign of the beast, a pentagram would form somewhere on your body. There's also versions where you can turn into a wolf or a human or that half wolf. Ah, exactly. The, the humanoid wolf shape. The the humanoid wolf is a much more re- the wolf man is a much more recent that typically 
people who showed werewolf traits and stories in the past just turned into wolves, often bigger wolves, but yeah, scary wolves, scary wolves, but wolves. There are some weird ones, and these are actually some of my favorites. And uh, once again, not a great movie, but a cool movie. Van Helsing touched on this in the way they did their werewolves. There are versions of werewolves that actually would take off their human skin to reveal their wolf form underneath. Oh, yeah, and they did do that in that movie. Hang, but in, in the old stories, it was even sillier because then they'd hang it up. and then Like they'd, a suit. Yeah, they'd yeah. put their human suit, <laughs> their Eckerd suit, on <laughs> a tree ranch, go werewolfing, and then come back and put it on and rejoin society. There's actually, oh, for any like of you rep- who... Reptilian people. Yes. For any of you who want a cool uh, bit of that stuff, uh, watch Trick or Treat. Um, oh, yeah. It has a, it has a good scene. Uh, <laughs> I won't tell you which one, though. So, lots of different versions of werewolves. There's not... Even in modern-day movies, almost every movie that deals with werewolves has a different uh, opinion on what how they function. They do also have weaknesses like the vampires, Silver and Wolfsbane. Which is actually very interesting because most of their weaknesses are not um, magical. They are a, an object. There are some where if you knew the werewolf's Christian name, then it would halt them or halt the transformation. It would basically wake them up, which once again goes back to that, you're fighting the, the devil effect. Mm-hmm. But lots of different versions of werewolves. We're going to stick to most of the classic ones. But before we get into discussing our speculative stuff, like last time, I'm putting in the magic disclaimer. Yes. A lot of things that werewolves do are not quite possible. You can't hulk out into a wolf. That's not how, that's not how mass displacement works. (laughs) 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 So like some of these things, we're not going to be able to figure out a way to make it make a hundred percent sense, but we're going to talk about the things we can. Most monsters to work fully the way they need to, have to be magical and that's usually the best version of them in my opinion if you want to have a yes. fully fun werewolf they need to be magical they need to be supernatural but in in our case when we're doing speculative evolution if we're trying to work these creatures into a natural biological system we have to limit ourselves at least for this discussion uh, away from the supernatural magical stuff so how does one get Something recognizable as a werewolf, but through evolution. Yes. The first one off the bat that I, I want to throw out there is the the silver, just because this is something I actually have a connection to. Silver allergies are not really a thing, but nickel allergies are. Nickel is a very common metallic allergy. I actually am allergic to nickel. Oh, if I, if I, I wear... I did not know that. Mm-hmm, if I wear something that's... Uh, silver coated or you know you know coated metal that's actually nickel underneath once it wears through it will give me a rash interesting so this could be you it's perfectly reasonable to imagine a species an organism being averse to a certain type of metal yes so it'd be like a chocolate for dogs yeah exactly exactly werewolves might be fatally affected by both chocolate and silver Yes, exactly. <laughs> so if if you if you had silver wrapped chocolates like oh yeah tin foil but made out of silver insult you injury just, you feed it to them and they die. So that's the first thing is some of these things the biological stuff wolfsbane which is a plant yeah I mean yeah 
plants are poisonous to lots of things. Oh, so. yeah. You could have a, an allergic reaction. It could be something that is specifically messes with your physiology. Mm-hmm. Now, the part I wanted to talk about first, because I actually had a really interesting idea here, is how to represent the the full moon effect. You know, why, why werewolves seem to only become active at full moons. First thought I had was uh, mating season. Yep. That you have a monthly, you know, rut, a monthly mating season where whatever these werewolves are become more aggressive and more active during that time. Yeah, yeah. And it could be like our, our vampire discussion that that's when you are most desperate for prey mm-hmm. and most in need of, of going out hunting is during this, you know, and, and that could be on their, the, the cycle that they're on is, you know, a monthly cycle of mating displays. Yeah. Now, and one of the things that this brought to mind was a uh, must in elephants. Yes. So for all you who don't know in elephants, especially uh, African elephants are really known for this because they can become quite dangerous male Bull elephants during certain times of the year have their hormone levels skyrocket and become much more easily agitated and aggressive. And their pores actually, a gland at the temple starts to ooze a a strong smelling liquid. And it's it's like almost tar-like they describe it. So it's, it's this thick liquid. And they just become dangerous to everything around them. Oh, yeah. People in Africa and Asia regularly have issues with elephants and musts Mm because they're just hyper-aggressive. It's one of those things where, like, if you see an elephant near your town in Africa, all right, you want to be aware of that and report it. But if you see an elephant in must, that's like, you know... Go away. (laughs) 911. Yes, leave. (laughs) Because we we have something true... We have a definite accident waiting to happen if anyone goes near that uh so so a werewolf hormonal cycle yeah so maybe they go into something like that and we're not sure why elephants do this it could be mating but it doesn't seem to actually sync up with the uh mating cycles of females it could be just dominance display that every now and then they need to remind everyone how big and tough they are (laughs) you know but they've been known to just kill other animals because they get in their way so this would fit with that werewolf they go on a rampage and just anything that gets in the werewolf's way during a full moon is a goner. And the moon thing also is easy to link up because there are actually animals that cycle with the full moon. Corals tend to spawn during full moons and uh, leafy sea dragons that we have at the aquarium only do their mating dances during full moons. Interesting. And if anyone out there is bothered, as I am, by the thought of having a mating cycle every month mm-hmm. in a vertebrate animal, it's perfectly feasible that it, it could be there could be several cycles for different populations. Yep. But that most full moons you are seeing some werewolf activity mm-hmm. because that's when they tend to sync up. That's a little pulling it away from the, the proper mythos. But. Oh, yeah. Well, and if it's like the must with elephants, which may not be connected to mating and maybe a dominance thing. Maybe it's not all werewolves, but the pack leader or the right, right, right. the dominant werewolf. Every It's sort of like um, uh, silverback gorillas. Every now and then silverback gorillas just go on, and bull 
uh, hippos, a lot of social animals, if there's one in charge, every now and then just has to be a jerk to everyone else to remind them how big and tough it is. <laughs> and you could even imagine that if these are nocturnal predators, that if you're going to go out on a rampage, the night where you can see the best is the best mm -hmm. night to do it. It could be an establishment of territory. Maybe running around and killing everything at a certain distance reminds all the other rival packs that this is your area. If you come into this range, I'll kill you. And I'll show it to you by killing everything that's around me. My pack already is hiding somewhere. <laughs> I'm pretty sure chimps do stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's just a hype, a time of hyper-aggression. I like it's that. It's a monthly display where the biggest, strongest werewolf just terrorizes its local area. Yeah, and if your town is in its... Cycles. If your town is in its radius, you will lock your doors. You don't want to meet a werewolf during their time of the month. <laughs> you don't want to come across them on a dark alley. <laughs> so I like that. And also, you could see some changes for that time. Uh, the first thing I thought of, because I was trying to think of how could you have something that that wolfs out, that, that hulks out. Right, something that actually develops different... Because that's a, a classic attribute of the well werewolf is not just that it's a wolf-like humanoid they they change they transform that there, there's an aspect of transformation there that is classic throughout just about every story of werewolves the closest i could come to that when it came to mammals is things like antlers yeah that's what i was thinking yep uh antlers are one of the fastest growing uh mammalian structures of especially bone structures out there at the fastest growth I could find, they have been measured to grow one and a half inches a week. Wow. So in a month, you couldn't get full set of antlers, but you could get maybe in, you know, longer claws or. Yeah, yeah. Or even claw sheets. Like yep. you can, you shed claw sheets. My cat sheds her claw sheets all the time. And you might, maybe you get longer ones during this time period Hair, I can imagine hair growing longer and then shedding like antlers do. Yeah, you get a big mane that makes you more impressive. Maybe that's is that your, you know, a lot of animals will, the lion's mane is to make them look big and healthy and show how impressive they are. So maybe you don't get bigger, but your hair gets bigger. You get more impressive looking. Right, right. And so you're not actually increasing your size, but your hair, you're getting like a like the big ribbons of hair that come off of an orangutan. You know, it's just you you become this much more impressive beast. And then it just all falls out at the end of the month. And for a dominance display time period, I mean, absolutely you can mm -hmm. imagine that happen Because that's what moose do, is they the big antlers covered in velvet, and it's for display, and it's for fighting. Yeah. It's, it'd be a very fast cycle. Once again, the monthly aspect is, eh, it's a little much, but it's not completely unreasonable. Oh, yeah. And you could, you know, it, it, it's if we're relating it to the must, then you're going on these hyper and maybe that's part of their evolutionary history mm -hmm. is these rapid turnovers in pack structure or rapid turnovers in mating cycles so that you are on this 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 much more frequent cycle of, of aggression and dominance displays. Yeah. And it could be that that's the sole purpose of the, the dominant male or female that's doing this is that, you know, because like uh, silverback gorillas or male lions, 
uh, male lions don't do many jobs around the pack except or the pride except protect the pride and beat up other males. Yeah, so maybe the dominant werewolf, their job is to be big and scary. And so their whole biology switches over to that when they're dominant. They're like uh, soldier ants. Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't see that a lot of mammals, but there are mammals where they will fill specific roles depending on their placement. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking elephant seals. Yeah, exactly. Like your werewolf population could be a bunch of normal-sized werewolves, whatever they look like. We'll get to that in a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, the big, scary, hairy one. And so I like that idea of these these full moon rampages are not a transformation in physically as much as they are behaviorally. Yeah, I like that. One of the issues that I, I found when thinking about werewolves is same thing we kind of had with vampires where it's really hard to turn a human into a not human. Like, yeah, that takes that that takes magic to do that. Just unless you're doing weird stuff like they're their features get changed or, or, or uh, weird stuff like the thing is in them or something. That's tricky. It's, you can't turn a person into a dog, but I did have some ideas on that. Uh, the first one that came forward pretty obviously is rabies, rabies just for a behavioral change. So rabies, normal rabies is a virus that causes inflammation of the brain in humans and other mammals. When it takes effect, the symptoms it causes can range from uh, fever and tingling at the site of exposure, and later on, violent movements, uncontrolled excitement, fear of water, which is weird, inability to move parts of the body, confusion, loss of consciousness, and it is almost always fatal. Yeah, rabies is what always comes to my mind first when I think about werewolves, or the, the relationship between werewolves and the real world. That you were bitten... And then your behavior changed. Yes. So if there was a a strain of rabies that was sort of like how salmonella is common among reptiles, but makes us sick, maybe there's a rabies virus that in werewolves is commonplace and normal to their anatomy, but when bitten, you know, when they bite another mammal, especially humans, it causes us to become more aggressive. And it it could be fatal or it may have gotten rid of that feature. So maybe we maybe it permanently affects this person's behavior by damaging their brain in certain ways. Yeah, it's similar to the vampire discussion where it, you might not necessarily transform the victim into one of you, but you are making them behave in certain ways that are reminiscent of that. Now, my one loophole, and this is something that I found very interesting when I was reading about it hypertrichinosis, as I said, is something you can be born with, but not always. There are things that can cause it. So you can develop hypertrichinosis and start growing hair that you didn't used to grow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there could be kind of a way to become a werewolf. Typically, there's a whole bunch of things that can, but some of them are like side effects of drugs certain cancers and there's even been links to things like eating disorders hmm. uh so and drugs are a pretty common one where it's like if if you have something that messes with your hormones you can start growing hair you know from from a a sexual hormone cause you know growing hair more like or less like a man or so on and so forth so maybe if this werewolf rabies 
that we're creating not only increases your aggression and brain does causes brain damage so that you're you know less intelligent or something like that but also induces hypertrichinosis and once again going back we discussed this with werewolves if that you know we talked about venom being co-opted from things that are already present in your your system if this is somehow carrying over hormones or enzymes or other chemicals native to the werewolf then it's easy okay well you already have the hormones in instigating rapid hair growth yeah. and instigating aggression especially if during your must time you're hyper aggressive because of the hormones your body is producing or you produce excess of this this saliva and excess of all these things to bite with yeah so if it's a venom of some kind it could be carrying that over or if it's a parasite again then it could be latching on to that it, it can be host manipulation again well i was gonna say it can be um it can either be carrying those similar signals or inducing those similar signals mm -hmm. for the same reason it does in the werewolf host and in this case it could actually be human biting human a human affected by these things then perpetuating it so you could actually have you know a, a an infected population of humans right like a true disease a true disease through. and so it, then you don't have to have a different species as the werewolf it's just humans exhibiting traits associated with wolves and spreading them to other humans. The moon thing could, because uh, a lot of times the reason things happen for full moons in aquatic animals is that's when tides are affected the right, right. heaviest. So tides are highest or lowest depending on where you are. So that is the best time for certain animals to mate. So there could be, you know, an effect on that if if there's an effect on your now altered brain during the full moon that oh yeah it can mess with your biological clock yeah you, now you now you're more agitated and aggressive because the moon's the gravity is actually throwing you off or even the uh you you can be reacting to light stimulus oh yeah the excess light could the be actual light of the moon might be instigating uh, behavioral mm -hmm. changes so those answer a lot of the behavioral things. But going from a much more evolutionary and physical point of view, how could you get either humans that developed to look like werewolves or something that developed to look like werewolves? Even if it's not human line, could you get wolves that became bipedal and dexterous with their new hand-like paws? Right, right. And so I, predatory primates, you know, bipedal wolves, I'm happy with either, honestly. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's easy to imagine a primate doing this. You know, I think so. Growing claws, growing teeth. Uh, yeah, obviously, there are tons of primates with big teeth. And there are still primates with claws. Not many, but there are. Oh, yeah. And you could, you could re-evolve, you know, sharp mm -hmm. nails or whatever. Uh, aggression is super con you know it's definitely not hard to imagine a, a primate like a baboon or a chimp yeah becoming that sort of aggressive territorial creature if it was evolved if it was evolved from humans like if humans evolved into something more similar to werewolves 
it would take more steps. But if it was evolved from something like a baboon, then it could actually really make sense that if they bit someone, that it was a is a, a primate transmitted disease like AIDS and things like that, that we're similar enough that it jumps species, but has all these negative side effects. Oh, yeah, that would make way more sense that that we that proper humans could be susceptible to attacks from the to, to disease or to if it's another, you know, if it's affecting your hormones or your other aspects of your physiology that, yeah, those kinds of conditions can jump across. Well, that's why we, we do tests on monkeys to see to learn about human physiology. And so even if it didn't turn a human fully into a werewolf, it could have very negative effects that show symptoms like we were talking about. And then, you know, stories, because that's also something I think of in a lot of these cases is what if what you're seeing is not, you know, what the story that we all we think of is not actually what's happening, but just what people say is happening. Yeah, If yes. you get bitten by one of those those wolf monkeys, because that's what we do is we describe a thing based on the other thing we know. <laughs> <laughs> if you get bitten by one of those wolf monkeys, those werewolves, it'll turn you into one. Happened to my friend. He went crazy. You know, he died before he fully turned. But yeah, he would have. Yes, I was thinking <laughs> that before with the uh, the full moon thing that you can get away with some of those th- those myths by assuming that they're a little bit exaggerated. But I I didn't want to do too much of that because oh yeah no that's yeah. that's not as much fun <laughs> that that's kind of feels almost like uh, cheating to just be like oh people are silly and make up dumb stories. <laughs> Especially since that's how the original monster stories came about. Yes. <laughs> People being now it's silly and making life. up. Yeah, that's that's just us talking about history. So in this case of, of primate-derived werewolves, and I think baboons are a great start because baboons that's, already look like wolf monkeys. I've always wondered if someday we will see, you know, you know pack-hunting, savannah-running baboons. Oh, yeah. Well, they did that. It, it wasn't. Well, that was I in think, the future is wild. I believe. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I've always. I, I that's. I've always thought that was very, very possible because mandrels and baboons already are highly predatory. They hunt. I mean, they'll, they'll hunt baby gazelle and stuff. Oh yeah, I like that. That it. You can get that. They're already. You can have territoriality and, and aggression and human transmissible chemical effects. And yeah, they if they just become more adapted to running to where they their legs are longer and they're they're running and galloping oh yeah well then they're already facultatively bipedal Mm -hmm. so they can do they can run on all fours and they can run on their on their they walk on their hind legs so they're kind of already the more we talk about baboons the more i'm realizing they're already werewolves yeah really you know it's just just picture them being able to just run up to you and then raise up to face you yeah, yeah, so if they just built up in size a little bit for taking down bigger game, and they're already social, so you can already have say, pack yeah, you can stuff. Already have pack culture, which is not always a werewolf thing, but is I I think it is more fun when they are social. Uh, I and find that more you fun. Easily have them do you know howling at the moon like like yeah. moons do things like that, howler monkey style, just yes, communicating over d- distances. Now, on the flip side, you could still have a lot of these transmissible things, since rabies already is a mammal-wide thing, of wolves going more humanoid route. Right. Which is the other option to think of bipedal right off the bat. Wolves. Yeah, bipedal wolves, which is a 
a, a very interesting one. I feel like that one's harder. Yeah, I think that is definitely, there's more steps there. And I, the first thing I think of is more like bears, where they're not actually getting hands and thumbs, but they're they're getting to where they can, you know, perch up like a like prairie dogs or meerkats, and they're they're shifting their weight more. You know, maybe they become more plantigrade so that they're sitting more on their heels and they can do that, and they can use maybe their claws up front just become enough for them to use them more as weapons. So, uh, you know, more like kangaroos boxing each other maybe it's a, a social thing that they start doing where they rear up and bat at each other and they so they are bipedal but they don't walk around but it's enough for them to rear up and slash you i imagine something like the uh there were uh, an extinct group of canines called the bear dogs yeah which are i in my you know just big stocky dogs and you could have you know i i i definitely like the idea of having a group of canines that evolved to be very bear-like in that sense of being a bit bigger, less focus on running with those long canine legs and more ability to to rear up, to stand, to walk. You could go the, the, the classic grassland idea of their popping up to look across wide-ranging landscapes or above grasslands and stuff. Yeah, it, it it gets into the question of why bipedality evolves in the first place. Yeah, exactly, which is a tough one to answer. And I think freeing up your hands is a good, you, you know, they could start out wrestling things to the ground like cats do or swat or, or catching fish. Yes. Like grizzly bears, you know, trying to swat the fish out of, the, you know, anything that provides a selective pressure for you to use your front limbs as arms. It'd be fun if you went the, uh, this, this is getting maybe away from canids, but a lot of animals that uh, use their front limbs for stuff are, are often for grabbing at vegetation and yes. pulling it to them. It'd be fun if it was a ancestrally herbivorous trait that then became predatory. Yeah, I was thinking that too, for bears of reaching up for stuff. But I like the, the, the notion that much like primates have done, you adapt your front limbs for dexterity, and now you have a whole new set of tools if you want to go down a predatory route again to use. And in this case, you wouldn't have to re-evolve claws or anything. Those would already be there. Yep. You'd have the claws. You'd have, you'd have the maybe not the same dexterity, but I also don't think that grabbing and holding things is a necessary trait for a werewolf. No, I'm I don't at think these so. big bear paws. I think that that's and there's some werewolves that are not bipedal at all. They're big wolves that are just powerful and scary. But it, it's more interesting if we have to figure out how they get bipedal. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think you would you'd have a hard time being bipedal with the classic wolf leg. Yeah, and that's always absolutely. I think one of the the interesting features of the werewolf humanoid is that they have that very wolf like back leg. Mm -hmm. structure and that i feel like that if you're standing straight up you know what we've done is we've made our legs into these columns yeah and bears have these big broad back legs with these flat feet i think it's the only animals that i can think of because even kangaroos lay their feet down yeah, when, flatter. when they're standing up their their the bend of their leg is actually down on the ground so they're not yes. standing on a on an angle. 
Birds are the exception. Birds and other theropod yes. dinosaurs. But they're a completely different. They're a seesaw. Yeah, they're a body plan that's very different. Yeah, that's... Uh, well, I think that's why so often when we uh, show in movies something that has back legs like a wolf or other four-legged mammal, uh, they often seem to walk weird. Like, we make them... They usually seem like they're overstepping and, like... Yeah, like, they're, they're, they're walking on stilts. Exactly. And it's... But it's also because... Why would you need that much leg when you're like, it's better just to have all your leg under you instead of your knees and your ankles sticking out front, forward and behind? I I think my favorite take on, on our run here is the baboon wolf. Yeah, I think that is by far the best baboon wolf with larger a, size, more hair, big claws, a bite that transmits a disease causing aggressive behavior in the person bitten and potentially hair growth co-opted from the raging hormones that come out on a monthly basis that cause them to go through must and aggression and territoriality yep that's my that's i think that's my my favorite and they're allergic to silver yeah yeah silver and wolf pain yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like it there you guys go wolf monkeys we did it. We made we made wolf monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Shrew vampires, wolf monkeys. We'll see what comes up next time. We will next time on Spooculative Evolution. So these will be coming out each Saturday. We have two more after this one for this month. As usual, if you have views on how our wolf monkeys might function or other things that could become werewolves, shout it out. We'd love to hear other people's speculative evolution ideas. Yeah, discussion like this is a lot of fun. It's so much fun, and I love hearing different people's takes because some people come from it at an angle from a completely different direction than I ever would have thought of. As usual, thanks for listening, and we're going to wrap it up here. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Common Descent Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and check our WordPress blog for pictures and links after each episode. Huge thanks to our patrons whose support helps keep this podcast running and who get access to bonus goodies on Patreon. The song you're hearing is called On the Origin of Species by Protodome, which we found at ocremix.org. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us next time.